Greetings, and thank you for joining me for quite excellent episode number 10. Today we'll be exploring Leisure from William Henry Davies to be read on Monday, November 13th. This episode will also include an additional poem at the end, this one written by me. When I reflected on the last couple of episodes, I noticed a pattern of poems that were solemn or on at least on solemn subject matter. And for those who infrequently contact poetry, I would be doing a disservice to select such a narrow band of subject matter. So this week, I will be reading a poem that is celebratory, and not just of great triumphs like love or conquest, but something we all need a little more of. Time to rest, relax, see the world for more than the things it requires of us. William Henry Davies' poem, Leisure, is just that, a celebration of rest and observation that lists the things we miss when too quickly we move from task to task, looking for the next project, assignment, challenge. So let's get to the poem. Leisure, William Henry Davies. What is this life if, full of care, We have no time to stand and stare. No time to stand beneath the boughs and stare as long as sheep or cows. No time to see when woods we pass where squirrels hide their nuts and grass. No time to see in broad daylight streams full of stars like skies at night. No time to turn at beauty's glance and watch her feet how they can dance. No time to wait till her mouth can enrich that smile her eyes began. A poor life this is if, full of care, we have no time to stand and stare. While this poem lacks any question marks, it is entirely a rumination on the question that occupies the first couplet. What is this life if, full of care, we have no time to stand and stare? Davies lays out what is lost when we refuse to stop and see our world for its natural and human wonders, presenting a series of simple but familiar images of cows in a field, squirrels storing for winter, waterways shimmering, potential loves that create smiles with their eyes and lips. In these images, we see that a world of experience whose value is not determined by caution or intentional action, but by being willing to let the things like these happen to you. Davies presents inaction, spontaneity, and an abandonment of caution as the means of experiencing some of life's simpler joys. And yet, despite the poet's concern, about what happens when we are too full of care, his poem is driven by care. The poem is shaped by intention and care. It is made up of rhyming couplets from its first line to its last, with each line and each rhymed pair having a consistent meter that seems to break each line in half. We have no time, pause, to stand and stare, where the squirrels hide, pause their nets and grass, 
This consistency is echoed in the anaphora that begins each of the middle couplets, a repetition of no time to, that is a structured reminder of the care the poet is showing, but also a reminder of what is lost through an excess of care. As a result, the poet seems to recognize what is lost when we don't give ourselves time to relax and enjoy more trivial pursuits, but he is incapable of entirely doing so himself. It may be for this reason Davies does not include a question mark in leisure. A reader is fully capable of identifying a question even without this piece of punctuation, but the question mark provides a tone that a period does not. It shows actual curiosity. By leaving it out, Davy seems to be as stuck as we are in our own behaviors. He is championing leisure even as he knows that he has too much to do to enjoy it just yet. And who hasn't said to themselves, I really should take a break, but first I should, and found that thought sustaining them through another day's work. This next poem is one that I wrote and have read once in class, on my daughter's 20th minute putting on a sock before school. I wrote it just recently, after thinking about the frustration that comes from being a parent trying to get their kid ready for school and get him there on time. While this poem's speaker is a fictionalized version of my wife, this is absolutely about how I see us getting her ready each day dealing with my five-year-old daughter Elena's sometimes major freakouts over arguably minor issues. So let's get to the poem. On my daughter's 20th minute, putting on a sock before school. By me. The red blocked digits on the microwave have paused until at 20 past, I have made a sandwich sliced diagonally and carrots with ranch, each cut carefully to exactly neither too big nor small, and a fruit cup, I suppose, for the ease it offers, and iced water, and a treat to show I'd ever thought of her at all. I am sure we could be the poetry, portrait, idyllic domesticity and relief of smiling, loving mother, of fathers, grandparents, other further relations hand in hand with small children beneath maudlinisms and quirky type proclaiming a great Hallmarkian-like love, thankful-like love, the kids are stilled in. Instead, I am cautiously balancing on a tightrope noosed around urgency at one end and pulled taut at the other by the need to instruct model for her composure and steadfastness and unflappability and poise and temperance and a real cool as a cucumberness that ensures that we bend but never snap. Meanwhile, in the enforced periphery, apoplectically flailing flurry of pantomime and nasal shotgun grunts that is my daughter, she aligns and misaligns the toe seams atop her toe tips, pulls it on, up, down, up, under, over, accordion from a ventilator in essentialness, life, death, if it fits. Remember that you love her. You love her. 
for her hugs in the early morning blur, for stick drawings and rock leaf and bug gifts, for goodnight mom and huggy please, and this feeling. She's struggling, too, with all of it. Remember that when she is gone to school, you don't feel in love or warmth half as full as when she holds your hand and kisses it. The thing about getting a child ready for school is that it can be exhausting, or at least my child can be. She wakes up groggy, grunting sometimes, and pantomiming what she wants rather than speaking. And while we lay out her clothes, brush her hair, make her lunch, and do a hundred other small things that make getting ready a little easier for her, she often finds small hurdles that she just can't get over. Sometimes it takes 15 minutes to go to the bathroom, and I wonder about her health. And other times she's upset because too much toothpaste ended up on the toothbrush, and there really isn't a right way to help her, because it seems like, as the ones requiring her to get up, we are the enemy. And the poem's second stanza imagines the kind of mornings I would love to have where everything is perfect, the kind of perfection you see on Hallmark cars where everyone is smiling and there are flowers and birds and big bubbly hearts. I would love to have more mornings where love was enough to call my daughter that morning, but it generally is not, and my wife and I have to make choices. Do we get her ready sooner by getting frustrated and dressing her ourselves, rushing her through breakfast and brushing her teeth for her? Or do we force ourselves calm? The third stanza uses polysyndeton, which is an overuse of conjunctions, and in this case, and. And it uses synonymia, the repeated use of synonyms in close proximity. And it does this to stress just how much we are concerned and actively focused on being a good model. It repeats this composure, steadfastness, unflappability, poise, temperance. These all mean the same thing, but it kind of represents our thought process at the time, I think. And it, it sometimes requires real work to not get mad, to not get snappy at Elena. We also don't want to get frustrated because Elena already is often over otherwise trivial things. She has, quite literally, spent 20 minutes putting on socks. This is a true occurrence, and I hope I captured how insane it feels to watch the struggle. And there are other things that I tried to do in this poem. For the most part, each line has a consistent number of feet. But the rhymes that I use are often slant or sight rhymes. They're not quite as perfect as you want them to be which is exactly how we feel in the morning. In the end, though, we love our girls to bits, and that is enough to calm us, even if it isn't enough to calm them. There's nothing Hallmarkian about mornings getting ready for school, but that love is definitely the stuff of cheesy greeting cards. If you made it this far, thanks for listening to this additional poem. I'm hoping that in the future I will have some student poems or maybe even short stories to occupy this space. Things that are not professionally produced. Maybe I'll even get some students to actually read them for me. That would be a joy. We will be reading Leisure from William Henry Davies on Monday, November 13th, 2017. 
If you enjoy this podcast, have suggestions, or would like me to direct an eye toward a particular poem or poetic device, leave a comment on lightandteaches.com. The content of this podcast is used under Copyright Law Chapter 1, Section 110 as a companion to in-class instructional activities, and ownership of these texts remain with their stated authors. Thank you for joining me for Episode 10 of this podcast. I hope that between now and the next time you hear from me, you find and savor a few things that you yourself find quite 